0: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
1: Back and better than ever, Greenie, presented by Progressive Insurance, and we are loaded today. We will hear from Harden, from Simmons, from Silver, as the NBA heads to the All-Star break. We've got next year's Super Bowl, this year's draft, and the one person worse at his job than anyone else on Earth. All that and more, let's go. Here we Go!
0: Only one place to start. Now the
1: one place to start, as always, is with the members of the crew. Good enough to hang out with me here in studio with the Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise, no way we could do better than having Rob Nikovich and Kimberly Martin hanging around with us today. Kmart... We we debuted a new uh, segment on Get Up today. We did,
2: we did, we did. You got
1: your own feature. It's called Attention Kmart Shopper. I thought it went well.
2: Finally. It only took two years of me being at ESPN, so that's great, guys.
1: That's great. That's what it took. We we got you a little bit there. You you told it, and I was, actually, I loved the segment, and we never got back to one of the things that you said. Go ahead, Nico. That was the first, when I I
3: was drafted by the Saints, the first thing I did, I went over to Kmart, got myself, uh, I got the, the, the silverware set, I got the plate set, I think mm-hmm. it was a, the Martha Stewart living yes. set. Yeah. It was uh, economical too. at the time. Greedy's like, gosh, me wow, too. tell <laughs> me more about
2: that. I don't know what that's I like. I put it
3: all in a, in a Rubbermaid bin, and I lived out of a, Rubbermaid. a bin. Rubbermaid. Oh. Yeah. And then I moved around for three years. I never had a home, so it was kind of like perfect. I would just bounce around place to place, throw it in a truck, ship it to the next place.
1: We've had extremely different life experience, you and I, Rob Um, Nikovich. But let me come to Kmart, who went to elementary school like four blocks from where I grew up. So we've had a little more a similar upbringing um, here in New York. But one way or another, the first thing you said in your attention, Kmart Chopper, was Mm -hmm. that one of the things you would like to see – is Russell Wilson lined up in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. this offseason? Why?
2: I you know, I just feel like it, it with Russ having teams already, like his agent already having a list of five teams, like I feel like if you already have that, you've got one foot out the door mentally, right? So you move on. I feel like the Steelers are one of those winning tr- organizations, winning traditions. You've got one of the best stable franchises, one of the best head coaches. And I understand Russ has issues with the O-line in Seattle. Pittsburgh's O-line hasn't been great. But it, if Ben Roethlisberger can, can throw some passes behind it, Russ, I just picture him scrambling and, and just being dynamic. And, and I guess because I watched that Pittsburgh offense look so lifeless for so many weeks that – and they, they just eked into the playoffs. It would be so great to see Russ just put on a show – that Steelers uniform. It's today. such a
1: fascinating division, right? You have mm-hmm. the Browns who many, including me, thought Think it's were going s- to
2: the Super Bowl. <laughs> set up for a huge
1: year, and we'll see what they do with the quarterback situation. You've got the Ravens who were just decimated by injury, yep. but were most people's favorite and they'll have Lamar Jackson back and we'll see what from there. The Bengals who were just in the Super Bowl 3 days ago. And then you have Pittsburgh which has owned that division forever that almost feels like an afterthought. But Nico, I completely agree. You put Russell Wilson on that team and and make a move or two on the offensive line. I could see the Steelers going. Well, they're not. Wouldn't be from zero to sixty. From wherever they are to sixty, really fast. You look skeptical.
3: Yeah, the biggest problem is they're in the wrong, the, the conference. They're in the wrong conference. They're, they're they're competing against a lot of very very good football teams. Yeah, and you you would think that if you're in the NFC or on that side of things, um, I don't see him going. Pittsburgh and the environment—you would think of a coach like Mike Tomlin, who mm-hmm. is a great coach. But where's where's Russell Wilson been his whole career? Mm-hmm. He's been with the complete opposite <laughs> yeah. type coach, like like just a completely mm. different mentality, a
1: completely different environment. So, mightn't that be a good thing? Isn't I, a, a fresh start at thirty-two I, or three? Whatever well, here's he another is. thing:
3: too, you talk about running around and stuff. He's not a young guy anymore, Right. so his game has got to change. He's 32 years old. Like, he can't expect to be mobile, running around, getting hit like he had early in his career. Like, he has progressed to being basically a pocket quarterback who can get out of certain situations Mm -hmm. and buy some time, but he's still evaluating to throw the ball down the field. Um, You know, he's been in Seattle so long that I think there's something to be said about him staying where he's at, you know, and being there and then building around – a franchise quarterback and we talk about how important the quarterback position is and how hard it is to find a quarterback that is capable of winning Super Bowls um so I think if you're Seattle you try and hang on to them as, as best you can um and, and I think that the Pittsburgh idea is probably a, a of all the other teams mm-hmm. in that division you know, the Browns, right? If the Browns don't want a quarterback of Baker anymore, like if you, if you put him in that position, I think the Browns are
1: better. Unstoppable. Oh, yeah.
2: 100%. Unstoppable. 100%. Who's but- that
1: quarterback? This is Greeny presented by progressive insurance drivers who switch and save with progressive save over $700 on average. Who's that quarterback that you could go to Cleveland and you would say, okay, now they're the team. Uh, you said who's the guy jimmy Gar- yeah who's the guy no
3: i said the colts i think if jimmy, oh, g, jimmy g to the colts. jimmy g went to the colts i think the colts especially the way how about the cleveland
1: I, cleveland james winston i'm just throwing names out there i, th- I think if, if baker if, mayfield's not the answer who is
3: man it, i don't think it's baker i mean it, 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 anybody else that's not baker mayfield with that roster if they can so throw the football
1: you know the browns better than anybody it's do they B- think it too. is
2: I, I, what we've seen is that go not everybody in that, in that building is convinced that Baker is the issue, the- is, is the answer. So, what we will see this offseason is whether it's via the draft or free agency, Cleveland will be in the market for a quarterback. The, if you put Aaron Rodgers or Russell in there, boom, boom, put him in the Big Super time. Bowl. But those guys are not going to go to Cleveland. So, I went to the, you know, just a tier below, and I feel like somebody like Derek Carr, granted. Not the greatest quarterback, but he's good. He's very good, and I think the Browns have the pieces, and right now they they don't seem fully 100% confident that the, Baker is the so guy. So the
3: issue with Baker is 3rd and 10-plus. Mm-hmm. And every great quarterback on 3rd and 10-plus – you have to be able to throw the football down the field yeah. accurately right. and have the confidence and have the guys around you that think, like, okay, I know this guy can throw it on yeah. third and 12, third and 15. Mm-hmm. His biggest issue is throwing the ball in the pocket on third down situations. Everything else, first, second down, okay, hand the ball off, play well, action pass, intermediate that, yeah. routes, okay, he can do that. Right. But what sets him apart and what sets a lot of the great ones from just average quarterbacks is that third down, got to have it, Throwing a ball, throwing the ball down the field on the money accurately, and and that's and they don't not ask what he's. Him to do a lot. He hasn't they been don't able ask to do him that. To do a lot. So when you play the Browns, what do you do? Number one, stop the run. Right. Number two, try and put him in these situations longer down the distances, yep. and he has not been able to pass that test.
1: This is Greeny. It was time for some Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless with Kmart and Rob Ninkovich in our studio here. Um, th- that brings us then to the two really huge names in all of this, uh, the Aaron Rodgers of it all and the Tom Brady of it all. I mean, These quick takes on those. Nico, starting with Brady, your longtime teammate, he could shut down all this talk. Everyone's speculating about whether he's going to come back or not, because he just this has been. I, I, I use this term advisedly, sort of a wishy-washiness about his retirement Instagram posts and then everything he has said ever since. He's a calculated person. Why do you think he's doing that? What What do you think is going to happen he's with Brady? He's
3: keeping the door open. He's not slamming that door closed. And there's going to be an opportunity, 100% I think that there is an opportunity. A team will call him at some point. And I said this before, it's going to happen. A team is going to be desperate. They're going to have a position like the quarterback position. We know that's the most important position, and they need a guy like Tom Brady to come in and to take advantage of the pieces that they have. So which team will that be? We will see, but I guarantee – Hundred percent, he's going to get a call. How you feeling, Tom? Are you in shape? Are you you, are you thinking about coming out? You, mm-hmm. you, we have an opportunity here. We could do some special stuff if you're on mm-hmm. this roster, and he'll have to make that decision. So I don't think he wants to close that. I, I think that when you finalize it, exactly. maybe people don't make the call. Oh yeah, he's done. He doesn't want. He doesn't want to think about football anymore. But when you say like, eh, you know, we'll yeah. see. I'll sell some shirts that say "Keep Going." Then it kind of keeps that, that interest in other teams, and they say, okay, let's reach out to Tom. Let's see what he thinks. Straight we, talk,
2: have, well, yeah. sorry. No. we have one of the most competitive guys ever to play the game, arguably the best quarterback ever, and he has not slammed the door on retirement. That's all I need to know. Yeah. It's, and it's, he just it's threw an an option. for 5,000 yards. It's an option. So. He didn't limp off the field. He just said, yeah. I'm going to take some time away.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's right, and I think he retired for the right reasons, which is I think the people then, in his yeah. life, the people around him want him to. But that can, I could see that becoming very challenging for him. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Super quick. Kmart, uh, the biggest decision that will probably come most quickly is Aaron Rodgers. What, when we start hearing this news coming out of Green Bay or wherever it comes from, what, what is your best speculation there, it's going to be? There are
2: only two, two spots, him staying in Green Bay or him going to Denver. Those are the only two locations that people talked about. It makes sense with Nathaniel Hackett. I, I was told that Aaron was good. Um, was amenable to Denver if one of his Green Bay guys ended up there. Hackett's there. We're about to see where Aaron wants to be. It,
1: it just all the breadcrumbs lead there, right, Nico? Yeah. It just it just feels like it's it's too obvious for it not to happen at this point,
3: right? Yeah, I mean, it's going to come down to Aaron Rodgers. Like, mm-hmm. what, what does he want to do? And he can put the team in a really tough situation if he says, you know what, I, I just whatever you whatever you think you can do to mend this, I just don't want to be here. I've right. been here a long time. December is killing me here. Like, I want to go somewhere else. A better play a better environment basically and i think that what's best for green bay is to keep a two-time mvp and if you let that guy walk you possibly could put yourself in a situation where everyone's like why why would you let the best quarterback we've ever had go mm-hmm. why would you let a guy like aaron Rodgers out the door you look like an idiot so there's that side to it that whoever's making that decision, it could come back to you and you could look really silly for doing it. But it all comes down to Aaron Rodgers. If he wants to go, he could make it impossible for them to keep him.
1: He's going to – I think this is going to come to a head by March 8th. Again, March 8th is the deadline day for franchise tags, which greatly impacts Devontae Adams, who's very much a factor in the middle of all of this. So I think that's you know – what is it? Less than three weeks, Mm -hmm. and we're going to know where this thing goes. All right, one last thing for the two of you. Um, Kmart, I'll start with you. We showed some video today during my interview with Adam Silver of my performances in the Celebrity All-Star Game. Uh, the first year was 2014 in New Orleans when I was a player and I played really well, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the following year at the Garden, 2015, I was a coach. I was an unbelievably good coach. So good. What was your reaction to all of that,
2: uh, Greeny? I have never seen better form. Yeah, the J. Uh, the j the jumper. Uh, it it may not have made it to the rim yeah a little uh, short necessary just a little short but Came up short. All, uh, but aside from that perfect
3: the coaching aspect yeah. all day oh yeah. the, all day the clapping all day. the pointing, the, pumping, the, and one, the fit yeah everything Boom. you look the part yeah. Ugh, the suit the everything looked immaculate yeah, i was
1: coaching i was coaching and you will appreciate this kmart <laughs> in a suit and j's oh, i had well, a j's well, on he's yeah. got the swag
3: he's yeah. got swag it too on the not- listen the j though the jumper yeah. Like the, the the jersey the you know, first thing I saw was just drawn to your bare arms. skin. The bare skin on the arms because I know it was probably... Bear, it's in February. February. It's, it's right now. It's this week. It's February. Well, yeah. So, you know, you're the sun. You're in Connecticut. You know, I wasn't very tan. tan. Yeah. Yeah, you no. were looking pretty clear.
2: Wow. You were very was, see-through, is my, what yes. was
1: My arms yes. were the color of milk, yes. basically. Yes. <laughs> you looked
3: like you had tube socks on your arms. You know? it was,
1: that was not my most attractive <laughs> moment. And I did I did go in that game a, a very... Uh, respectable? Well a, well, a very respectable great defense. 0-for-1.
3: Playing great defense. Uh, and I was
1: thrown into a stanchion by Michael B. Jordan, the actor Michael well, B. Jordan. Hello. I was back on it trying to defend a two-on-one break. I was the one. Mm-hmm. And he I forget who was on the other side from him, but they're coming at me and I thought, all right, I'm standing in here and I'm gonna try and dive for a steal. I would
2: have dived on top of him. I'm, but gonna,
1: di- I'm gonna dive at his right hand. He's coming at me. I okay. figured he's a movie star, he's not a basketball player. He probably and... can't switch it over. So I'm gonna dive at his right hand. I dove at his right hand, he went right. <laughs> we collided.
2: Oh it didn't
1: seem to affect him much. <laughs> I was thrown into the stanchion. <laughs> Literally I think I left my feet. I think I actually was at one moment I was airborne. Now and we need he, a
4: clip of that. When he was
1: well, when he I was in the be. studio here we talked about it. Can
2: we try to get Michael B. Jordan to talk about this? He yes, was here. That,
3: that would be that would be a Again? good uh you know Two stories, which each side thought you were thrown <laughs> off
1: your feet. You yeah, might say, like, I felt like, you know, a little fly run into yeah, the definitely It didn't seem to bother him in the <laughs> <laughs> way that it bothered me. He was here. We talked about it. We, we, we did all of this. Um, so it was a good memory. Anyway, you guys are the best. Thank you Thanks. very much. Kmart, Rob Nikovich, always a pleasure. Get up and then some here on the radio. Hey, try the $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk Wireless with nationwide 5G and America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. Up next, we got McShea, the McBoard. His mock draft 2.0 is out, and it's fascinating, and you'll hear him next. It's Get Up on – no, it's not. It's Greeny on ESPN (laughs) Radio. (laughs) Greeny, the podcast. Once again, you can go to ESPN Plus right now and see Todd McShay's Mock Draft 2.0 in its entirety. And McShay jumps in with us here on ESPN Radio. Hello again, McShay. Hey, Granny. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. And, you know, on the TV show, we focus in on the quarterbacks because, you know, the the draft is generally defined by those guys. And and I get it. But I think it's worth pointing out again that this is not a year where the quarterbacks are in the center of the action because of their position several of them will likely be drafted perhaps i'm not going to put words in your mouth higher than they should be this is a draft that is very deep in a lot of other places but not at the quarterback position yes
4: that's fair it really is if you we've said it before if you take this year's class and compare it to last year's where we had five quarterbacks taken in the top 15, Mac Jones being the, the fifth quarterback taken to the Patriots at 15. I think the first quarterback off the board, if you were to combine both years classes, would be the sixth quarterback. So you, really it's, it's not comparable when you're looking at last year to this year. But there are still quarterbacks that can come in and, and have success in the league. Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh is, has 50 starts in college. He's the most NFL ready. And if you want a guy who can come in and you can compete with him, like a Mac Jones did last year, I'm not saying he has Mac Jones, you know, upside, but I do think he's similar in terms of maneuverability inside the pocket and pocket presence, processing, going through his reads, and then the accuracy throwing the ball on all three levels. If you're looking for that kind of guy who's not gonna be a runner and not dynamic, then then picket's your picket's your quarterback in this class. Malik Willis from Liberty is kind of the exact opposite. He's got a lot to to learn and developing to do. And as Hugh Freeze said, his his head coach at Liberty, he doesn't know what he doesn't know yet. And and so it's going to be a a learning curve and a transition for him. But in the meantime, because he's such a dynamic athlete and he's so explosive, he can get himself out of mistakes that a lot of other quarterbacks can't. And he has the biggest arm of all the quarterbacks. And if you just put together a highlight reel of, of his throws off balance, off-platform, on the move, arm angles all over the place. I mean, he, it, you, you draft him number one overall. The problem is he's got to become more efficient inside the pocket. So those, to me, Pickett and Willis are the top two quarterbacks in this class. But if you're being honest with yourself, they're mid-first-round guys. They're not in the top ten. And we'll see if, if ultimately a team like the Panthers at six, Falcons at eight, Broncos at nine, wind up reaching, if you will, to grab one of those quarterbacks.
1: Greeny and McShay. So then let's talk about, because here we can get a little more into the nitty gritty. And we got the real hardcore fans here who are getting ready for this. So if you're a team, if you're a fan, excuse me, whose team is picking up in that first uh, group of the draft, you know, Jaguars, Lions, Texans, Jets, Giants, that group, what positions should those fans be looking to? Where are the top players? What positions do the very best players in this draft play?
4: You've got to love the offensive tackle position at the top of the draft. You know, I've got Evan Neal going, to the Jaguars at number one overall from Alabama. He's a monster of a man, 360-plus pounds, and he can move. And he'll protect your quarterback's blind side. Um, Ekan Aquanu Eku- from North Carolina State is the most physically dominating offensive lineman in this class. I've got him going number four to the Jets. And he's just a tone setter. And he's, he's also very good in pass protection. And, you know, so you got two guys right there in the top four. And then I had Charles Cross going number seven overall coming out of Mississippi State. I think he's probably the the most NFL ready in terms of pass protection, but he's still kind of developing his, his all around game. So those are the three offensive tackles you'll hear mentioned in the top 10 defensive end. And and that's the beauty. And that's kind of why I love coming on, on your show. We can dive into this a little bit. Mm -hmm. If you're not drafting a quarterback, let's look at positional need. To me, it's, you've got to have guys that can get after the quarterback. Who are the best pass rushers? That's the second most important position, and this, this draft is loaded with pass rushers. You've got defensive backs. I think you've got to be able to cover these wide receivers, and this class is loaded as well. You've got uh, Sauce Gardner. I had to go number six out of Cincinnati uh, to the Panthers. You've got Derek Stingley. If you evaluate his 2019 tape, he could be in the mix in the top three overall. He just had some injuries the last couple of years. So the cornerbacks are there the pass rushers are there and the offensive tackles are there and that that to me is why it's it's a really good draft we just don't have the quarterback, so it's not a sexy draft when you start talking about television and selling the product.
1: Yeah, and, and, and we'll be doing it on TV at the end of April, and they're, they're, these teams are going to get remade one way or the other. Greeny and McShay, who's with us here, another position, and and as I have been starting, I've, I've now done uh, almost every player that was in Mel's first round of his last mock draft, and I'll dive into the rest of yours um, at probably the end of this week. There's a couple, quite a few wide receivers that I like here, too. And, yeah. and, you know, we saw the enormous success of Jamar Chase this past year. I don't know if any of these guys are him, but there are quite a few wide receivers. I, I didn't count how many you have in here, but probably, what, five, six receivers to go in the first round?
4: Yeah, and just look at the last few years, Greeny. You know, wide receiver used to be kind of hit and miss in the first round. right? You, look at, you mentioned Jamar Chase, like Jalen Waddell, you know, the impact that, uh-huh. that he had, Devontae Smith. I mean, these guys are coming in and making immediate impacts. And this year's class, it, it may not have the guy in the top three, four, five, but I think the depth of this class is as good as, as any group we've seen in the last five years, and that's saying a lot because we're, we're, we've are we gotten lucky. We've been on a great run with wide receivers coming out of the college ranks. And so, yeah, I, I have Drake London from USC going as the first receiver. Go, I've got him going to the Falcons at number eight. They obviously, with Calvin Ridley's situation, They need another receiver and and to kind of match up with with Kyle Pitts, who is a star as a rookie tight end. And London's 6'5", basketball background, number one player in the country this past year on contested catches. After that, you've got Garrett Wilson, who's who's great when the ball's in the air, just adjusting to the football and, and can be a vertical threat coming out of Ohio State. I've got him going 13 to the Browns after that. You look at Traylon Burks, who's a big, physical receiver out of Arkansas, really good after the catch, and he's a huge, huge mismatch in the slot. He loves playing in that slot where he can kind of take advantage uh, going against inside guys, and really good as I mentioned with the ball in his hands for such a big receiver over six foot three. Then after that, Chris Olave, who's a burner and a smooth route runner from Ohio State, Jamison Williams from Alabama, who I think would be the number one receiver in this class had he not suffered the injury in the national championship game. Mm -hmm. I mean, his speed is different. You just put on the tape. It's not just the vertical speed, which is sensational. I mean, you're talking about SEC defensive backs when the ball's in the air – he's three yards in front of a defensive back and then becomes three yards behind him in that split second when the ball goes up in the air. But also after the catch, he's so explosive. I've got him going 27 to the Buccaneers. Because of that injury, he falls a little bit. And then Jahan Dotson, who's a great slot receiver, catches the ball extremely well. I had him going to the Chiefs at 30. So right there, you're talking, I mean, there are five or six receivers, I think, in this class that go in the first round. And then there are a whole slew of receivers that are going to wind up coming off the board on day two, talking about rounds two and three in this year's draft.
1: Yeah, Dotson had 91 catches and 12 touchdowns at Penn State, just did him last night. Again, if you love all this draft stuff, you should check out the first draft podcast. It's, it's uh, Mel and McShay and Field, and they go through different stuff all the time. And then you've got the Sports Center special coming today, McShay's NFL Mock Draft 2.0 today, 5 o'clock Eastern time on ESPN2. So we look forward to all of that. Thank you, McShay, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, Greeny. Take care, bud. Looking forward to that. So that's a really good podcast. So was the ESPN Daily podcast, which gives you a deep dive into a single story from one of our hundreds of reporters. That was presented by Supercards. You can download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily. It's available wherever you get your podcast. <music> Meanwhile, the assembled members of the Hashtag Crew are here. Hashtag Hembo and hashtag Bubba. We don't have Nuno with us today. He's having a colonoscopy. Um, which I, I've had many of them. It's a very important procedure. I I, I notice you laughing over there, and I think you know most people know what a colonoscopy is. Mm-hmm. It's not a pleasant experience, and I think we all sort of chuckle at the notion of Nuno having one oh, just for because sure. um, you know it, it, because anything that Nuno does is funny because he's Nuno. Having said that, you told me you have a tri- before I move on to the basketball, you have a trivia question for me.
5: I do. So on the TV show today, you asked Todd. If there's one quarterback in this year's class that you could imagine leading a team to the playoffs in the NFL next season, who would that quarterback be? My trivia question for you, Greeny, is who is the last quarterback to
1: win a playoff game as a rookie? All right, so the year Roethlisberger was a rookie, he beat the Jets in a playoff game. that's, That's the game where Doug Bryan missed two field goals, so... It's, it's either that or it's more recent than that. So I, I know I can put that as my backstop. It doesn't go back any farther than that. That would have been, oh, well, that's the class of oh four. 4 So it would have been the 4 season. Mm-hmm. So has a rookie quarterback won a playoff game? Oh, yes, of course. I'm, I'm trying to think if anyone would have done it more. Okay, in the interest of time, I'm going to say it's Mark Sanchez. That is incorrect. Oh, damn it. So it's happened more recently than Sanchez. It's happened more Because Sanchez recently. won two playoff games mm-hmm. as a rookie. He won at Cincinnati and then he won at San Diego and then lost to the Colts in the AFC Championship game. So wait, it's happened more recently than Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Um, Bubba, you got a guess? I have no idea. Yeah. Bob is not even listening. He's not even paying attention to what we're doing here. <laughs> He's got 8 million other things going on. You got a rough idea that you got a trivia question going on. A, but. a quarterback, a rookie quarterback who's won a playoff game more recently than Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Am I going to kick myself? Is yes. that a
5: super you, obvious one? You are going to kick yourself. All right. Well, just tell me Russell Wilson.
1: Oh yeah, All Russell right. Wilson in 2012 won a playoff. So yeah. that's more recently than uh, than Sanchez. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, that that's a good one. I like it one way or the other. That's um, we'll see. These rookie quarterbacks are. It's not a spectacular class. It's just not. There's no other way to say it. It's not a spectacular class of quarterbacks. And so you're going to have to get excited about players at other positions. And the reality is, you know, there's going to be a lot of free agent quarterback movement. And there were a lot of really good players in this draft. The, as he just said, there's three offensive tackles that are going. And I, I, think, I think it's possible that three offensive tackles go in the first six or seven picks. Mm. Those guys are all really good. He talked about Aquanu, who is really good. The kid from Alabama, Neal, is really good. I've started doing all this stuff. If you're, if you're interested in the draft then you've come to the right place because we'll be doing plenty of it because I have all of this information and I need somewhere to use it because on draft night I mostly will give you like a quick thumbnail and then say, Mel? (laughs) and I I know I'm ready with a lot more information than that if you need it. So we will get to that as we go. All right, I was going to get to all the the basketball stuff here, but I don't really have the time uh, right now. So I want to hold that for a moment. And do you want to do the I just want you to know thing here? You want to have a little fun with that? Let's just do this. I think you'll like this. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. So there's something that happened in Russia that I think we can identify the one person on planet Earth who has done his job worse than any other man or woman has ever done theirs in their lives. Hembo was the one who pointed this out to me. This is a person who was a security guard. He was hired to be a security guard in a Russian art gallery. On his first day on the job, he found himself bored. Again, he's a security guard in an art gallery. Hembo, tell everyone what he did because he was a tad bored. The security guard drew two
5: pairs of eyes using a ballpoint pen onto an artist's painting entitled Three Figures. It was painted in the 1930s during an abstract art exhibition at this center in Russia. So if, if you're able to go online and see it, it's three f- faceless heads, if you will, two of which are now occupied with eyes from the ballpoint pen of a bored
1: security guard. The painting was on loan from the State Art Gallery in Moscow. <laughs> Again, the guy explained he did it because he became bored on his first day. So just imagine... Bubba, you love Seinfeld as I do. I mean,
0: this is one of the greatest stories of all time. All right? I love this guy.
1: This is a George Costanza. Was that wrong? This is so great. He's hired as a security guard. He's bored. So he goes to a priceless work of art that was painted between 1932 and 1934. It took someone three years to paint this. It, is, it depicts a variety of faceless heads. And with a ballpoint pen, he drew eyes on them.
0: (laughs) It's just so great.
1: And I've seen it. Hembo sent it to me. I'll put it up on my Twitter so everyone can see because the images are remarkable. You can't miss it. Like there's a before and after photo or just post it yourself. Post it. What What is your Twitter? At Paul Hembo. At Paul Hembo. Why is it Paul Hembo? As opposed to... Oh, your name is Paul. Yeah,
5: my name I was, keep
1: forgetting my name that. It's just Hembo to I, me. I just retweeted it. But one, he just retweeted it. So go to at Paul Hembo and you will see two pictures. <laughs> one of them is of a painting, a priceless work of art that was on loan from an art museum in Moscow to a small gallery somewhere. And a, and a, and a, and a, and a board security guard took a ballpoint pen, Bubba, and just drew eyes on it. What do you make of that? I, I think, wasn't it like it his, his first day on the first job? Day. First day! <laughs> first
0: day! That might be the, the craziest part, too. Like he's His first day on the job, he's that <laughs> bored at an art gallery. He can't even make it through one shift <laughs> that he takes out a pen and draws. I mean, what would he have done if they didn't even catch him? Imagine he made it through his second shift because he would just—I mean—bored out of his mind on his second shift. And he would have been—I mean—thank God they caught him on that first shift because if no one noticed,
1: I'm just trying to picture. Who knows what he
0: would have done on the second shift?
1: The next morning, when the gallery curator walked in, someone who's intimately familiar with what the art is supposed to look like walked in and said, "Just imagine that interview, like the exit interview from that job." <laughs> The, yeah, last, the, last, uh, paragra- the last sentence of the paragraph is, he has since been fired, uh, which I would assume. Imagine that conversation. So um, I don't know what his name is here, but let's just call okay. him. He was not named. He was not named. Mm-hmm. Let's just call him Fred. So, Fred, I can't help but notice that from the time I left here to the time I returned, there are now eyeballs <laughs> that have been drawn in ballpoint pen onto the painting. Do you have any idea how that may have
5: happened? So if you're a security guard, what is worse? drawing on the on the painting or just effectively allowing someone to steal it like no
1: that would be way less worse <laughs> like that they have insurance for the, you've now defiled a, a work of art that i'm told it's not priceless i'm told that it's worth eight hundred and forty two thousand dollars that's still a pretty valuable piece of art i'd say so and 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 so that would be way better to steal it yourself, it would also make a lot more sense.
0: I mean, how many activities are there you can do to avoid being bored? I mean, just bring your phone, bring a book. I'm <laughs> sure they have TV. Take a walk. I mean, your first shift, you're that bored, you can't do anything else. Do the f- so you take out a pen and you write, I mean, read a book for crying out loud. Do the
1: freaking wordle. Yeah, I mean, what exactly. are you doing Let's with get yourself get over the there? Get the Russian wordle going. That's insane. So anyway... It did get me to thinking, and I'm going to break on this thought, and Bubba will do the read afterwards because I'm late. It did get me to thinking, what would be the sports equivalent of that? Like, what is the sports equivalent of having one job and doing it that badly? <laughs> Let's think about that for a moment and come back with some examples. What What would you have to do in sports to do a job equivalently badly to that guy doing that, drawing eyeballs and ballpoint pen onto faceless faces or faceless heads On on a valuable work of art. We'll come back with that answer next on ESPN Radio. Greenie, the podcast.
3: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: So we keep getting sidetracked by things. That's the beauty of a show like this is that whenever something interests me, we can just sort of change direction. So we were talking a moment ago about this Russian artwork that was defiled by a (laughs) bored security guard who drew eyeballs on it, which is just the funniest thing I've ever heard of. And we didn't come up with hilarious um, sports comparisons like, I guess a coach in football challenging a play that benefited his team. Like if his team on, on fourth down, you know, in a critical moment in a game through, you know, on fourth and seven through an eight-yard completion and the receiver seemed to bobble it and the other team didn't have a challenge, so they couldn't challenge it. And then the coach of the, of the benefiting team challenged <laughs> it. That would be a similar thing. Shooting the basketball at your own basket. In the NBA, I guess, or kicking the soccer ball in your own goal would be something similar. There is really no comparison. Drawing eyeballs on a priceless work of art is just an incredible thing for a security guard to do, right? It's, about, sort, of, it's sort of unto itself.
5: How about a golf one? I'll give you a golf one. You're the caddy. And your golfer puts the ball, and because it's taking so long to arrive at the hole, you just swoop it up while it's on, on its way. Like <laughs> yeah. It's purposeful, right? That, that's, what, that's what makes the story so ridiculous, is that this was not by accident. Like If you score the ball in the wrong basket, that's usually an accident. Right. This was not an accident.
1: That, that's right. So, so there is really, there's almost no comparison in sports that would be quite bad enough. Having said that, you just got me thinking about something else. So Buster was on... Um, our ESPN Radio New York morning show today, Buster only talking about how the baseball labor talks have gone nowhere. And there's only one conclusion that can be reached from that, and that is that one side or the other or both don't want to make a deal because Buster described a scenario in which they have not met for two weeks aside from a short, like literally two-minute Zoom call. Well, there's no one who thinks that's the way this gets resolved. Literally no one, right? Neither side believes that. So at least one of the two sides is refusing to do more than that. Maybe both are, but at least one is, which says to me, at least one of the two sides in this, management or labor, doesn't want a resolution to this. They want this to go into spring training and maybe even into the season because I think it benefits their side. Then you brought up In 94, when the World Series got called off, you talked about the Ripken streak brought baseball back in 95, and then the home run chase in 98. And you described those as miracles. You know what I would describe them as? Baseball. Baseball will bring people back. There'll be something else. I don't know what it will be. But baseball will give you something, whether it's Jacob deGrom putting together the kind of season we've never seen before, or something else. The game is too good, and they're counting on this. The people in charge of this sport are counting on the fact that the game is too good, too ingrained in our consciousness and just candidly too important for people to abandon it completely. And that is part of the problem here because they're counting on that. And that's why they're not in any rush to do this.
5: I agree with that. But I think their math is wrong. I think that we obviously had a 60 game season two years ago because of the pandemic. We should have had many more games than that. So we lost 102 games. That mattered a lot. And if we lose a big chunk of this season, that's going to matter a lot too. I mean, over the course of a three year span, losing that much baseball is a terrible thing for baseball. And relying on fans to love it so much that they'll always keep coming back is a, is a problem in your business model. It, that, that is not something that you should assume. Now, I love baseball, and m- probably most people within the sound of my voice love baseball. But that is not a safe assumption to make because, like I said, if 1 in 100 people decide they don't want baseball anymore, that's a big deal. Right. And if 1 in 10 people decide they don't want baseball anymore, that's enough to fundamentally
1: change the sport forever. That's uh, great. But you know what they're counting on? Mm. That whatever it is that they're battling over now is more important than that. It's more important than the 1 out of every 100 fans you may lose. And they're counting on the fact they won't lose 1 in 10. Because when that thing comes back, you're going back. You'll You'll be mad. And then you'll go back. Have you seen the way that World
5: Series ratings have deteriorated over the last several years? Yeah.
1: But it is still... So so have they. uh, uh, Of course. But it is still a ridiculously profitable business. And that's what it is to them. They're running a business. Mm -hmm. You're talking about a labor of love. This isn't a labor of love for the people involved. This is a business. And they are approaching it as such. And when you consider it that way, I suppose you can't really be surprised. I right, we have more to say about this. We'll continue in a moment on ESPN Radio.
0: Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Plus. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.